welcome to Buenta Vista episode 61. Uh, I'm Andrew, and I'm here in the horrible, totalitarian, racist future of Australia. It's just like Mad Max, but it's way more racist. Uh, I'm here with Ben, he's strapped to the back of a car, and it's the General Lee with a big Confederate flag <laughs> on the top. <laughs> and everyone in the car is talking about how it's actually not racist. I'm, just for the record, I'm picturing yeah. myself like uh, Johnny the Boy from Mad Max 1. Oh, yeah. Is that... Would I mean, does this fit your your image of the world you're describing? Picturing you in them Daisy Dukes, you know? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'm also here with Theo. Theo's locked in the trunk of the car. <laughs> Come on. Oh, boy. Come on. <laughs> Don't go over the bumps again. And Lucy's driving. She's the one loudly leading the conversation about how not racist the flag is. I don't know how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) This is bad. We're all in trouble. We're all in trouble, folks, in in Australia, where our politics has entered a new low this week, I feel like. I don't know if it's a new low. It's just a more pronounced low. Yeah, it's a very yeah. obvious low. I think the low is generally there, but now it's just sort of... There are Straight lots of neon there. signs pointing to it. Lots of flashing lights. Yeah. A guy I outside feel- with a megaphone yelling, roll up and check out the around. racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've at least come back to a previous low, you know? Mm. If, if we had like a stock market type chart <laughs> the australian racism index yeah the australian the ari <laughs> the australian racism index uh popping up and down i feel like we're not we're not at rock bottom we're not in like a uh recession if you will <laughs> oh to my mind God. it it goes up when the racism is high but you're oh. thinking it goes down well maybe i'm talking about some kind of like uh australian uh, dignity index yeah sure mm. uh, the adi yeah. Uh, very often, it's just an inversion of the ARI, but there yeah. are some other factors. Yeah, pretty much. But um, yes, I feel like the dignity went crashing down and the racism went sky high this week. Uh, which is great for you if you invested in racism futures. <laughs> mm. Yep. Uh, so before we dig into that, should we get a should we get a can check going? Sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, ben, what are you drinking, Ben? Oh, well, let me tell you. Uh, last week, I had a night at home by myself, and I was like, "Fucking, you know what? I'm just going to treat myself." I uh, I went to the butchers and bought a big thing of steak, which obviously I don't do very often. Uh, I then bought a twenty dollar bottle of wine because I thought, you know what? Ooh. I'm going to be fucking Ooh. high as shit. I'm oh going to get a fancy wine, and then I got fucking high as shit, and immediately realized, a I could not move my arms to get to the bottle of wine mm-hmm. and B, it would have just ended everything. It would have been a disaster. So, uh, I'm now tucking into this bottle of wine. Oh. Uh, having a great time. What a treat. Nice. Yeah. That was a little gift from past me to me now. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, how about you, Lucy? Uh, I am not feeling well. Oh, so, I am drinking, I'm drinking a kombucha. <laughs> Do oh, not believe me. Oh, fucking God. It's lemon, it's lemon and ginger. <laughs> You're booching up. <laughs> I'm booching up. The booch I'm is back. The booch. the booch is back. The mighty booch. <laughs> mm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, lemon and ginger, did you say? 
Mm-hmm. That, that sounds, sounds fucking disgusting. It's disgusting, but it's going to make my tummy feel good. I disagree. I, I believe that I have tasted the most disgusting booch. <laughs> um, because I hadn't, I hadn't really tried any before. Oh, no. And um, when we were out somewhere with our kids and like there was some little coffee shop and Eleanor was like, oh, I've heard this place is nice. Um, let's get a coffee. I had already had like 18 coffees and I went, I don't need another coffee. Uh, I'll get some kind of drink out of the fridge. And they only had wild hippie shit. And I was like, hmm, let me get, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but it was like some kind of coffee type. Ooh. Oh, oh or, that sounds bad. Yeah, it was it was some kind of like I don't know c- caramel coffee type thing, and mm. it turns out that that is like the worst possible thing that you could try to combine with with what is you don't want that with the booch. Yeah, more of a f- <laughs> if whenever you're drinking like a coffee or a milkshake or something, aren't you always thinking to yourself, if only this had more like fermented fruit waste dumped into it i just wish that someone would tip a whole bunch of sauerkraut into my iced coffee and then shake it up <laughs> exactly exactly i went oh this will be interesting and i opened it and took a sip and i put it down and went that's the end of that <laughs> oh, yeah very been, much not good i've been tricked before like honey potted by george getting a some sort of kombucha drink that the flavor sounds good so it would be like a hot day i'd be like oh she's got some sort of effervescent raspberry drink that sounds fucking great. And it's not. It's kombucha. And it tastes mm. like fucking... It tastes like gut flora. Yeah. yeah, when you describe it, like, in those terms, it sounds really good. Like, oh, it's this <laughs> lovely, fresh, effervescent drink. Fruity. But, yeah. Mm, no, it was made uh, under a sink. Yeah. Um, it tastes like prison. It tastes like the beginnings of prison alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> like, the first week of prison alcohol before there's any alcohol in it. That's what kombucha is. Oh, yeah. No, I think that is wow. yeah. spot on. Rotting fruit in a bag. Mm. Uh, well, I am drinking a... I, I bought like... Um, you know when you're in the bottle shop and they've got like just random six packs of shit on the counter for 10 bucks? Oh, do I ever. Yeah. Um, so I was grabbing a slab of extremely cheap lager, and I also got a six-pack of this uh, Monteith's XPA Extra Pale Ale. Extra pale. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like they didn't didn't need to make it paler. No, no. and they also they didn't need the X. They don't need to make it sound extreme because it's not. Uh, it says down the bottom, fresh tropical and citrus aromas. That sounds good. And it's it's fine perfectly acceptable i'm having um that and a bourbon in a glass nice. oh, so i like to i like to alternate i like to oh. have a little sip of bourbon and wash it down with beer now i've left you for last theo because yeah, i noticed that because was well done i want to talk to you about some of your drinking choices <sighs> of late what are you well so what's what's on the choices. go right What's on the go right this second? Okay, so right this second, I'm drinking a Cab Sav blend, probably <sighs> like $10 down from 20 or something. So, <laughs> so that's fine, I assume. It's not not great, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not going to kick it out of bed. Um, but I have just finished my first half a glass of Aussie Lint, which is the so- Aussie Soylent. Yes. Um, so right. Aussie Aussie Lint. Isn't actually called Aussie Lint. Aussie Lint, yes. How's Jesus that spelled? Uh, Aussie, L E N T. How's the Aussie spelled? There's so many ways. That's you can the spell only it. ambiguous part about oh, yeah. that. Uh, okay, we, we all know right. how to spell Lent. Yeah. Uh, all right, <laughs> We're all, all Catholic right. here. 
Um, A-U-S-S-I-E. Auszealand. Auszealand. That is a terrible name. Uh, is this like? made by it, the Soylent guy? Um, it tastes like the band Royal Blood. Um, <laughs> it is <laughs> the most dusty, uh, flavorless thing, uh, which is good because I don't want f- flavor sometimes. Look, uh, sometimes the taste buds, they just need a little rest. They need to I, wind down. I feel like that's... And also the teeth as well. They need to wind. The, the whole mouth area just needs to calm down occasionally. Right? Okay, well, I feel like you're eating maybe 1% of the day maximum. And the other 99% is that's when the rest time is in. Um, okay. Well, for starters, it takes me about an hour to eat anything. All right. <laughs> oh, you're a slow boy like me. I am a very slow boy. Oh, it makes my wife so mad. Uh, mine too. Oh. Um, so D- Does she start eating your food because you haven't finished it yet? No, she's not an animal. No. Oh, I'll tell her. <laughs> tell her wow. Her. What are you thinking? Jeez. <laughs> that said, she absolutely eats like an animal. Uh, Andrew, have you ever had the pleasure of watching friend of the show Ben Jungles eat food before? Um, I I think so, but I have absolutely had a conversation with him that very strongly suggested that he would love the Soylent product. I have remembered having a conversation with him in which he said, if they could make food in the form of just a pill, and I could take it and then never have to bother with preparing or eating food again, I would be on that in a second. Oh, yeah, he's very insistent like, on that point. Yeah, I was like, uh, you are a madman. That's serial killer behavior to me. Well, that see, is I'm, I'm absolutely. Not quite, like, I'm not quite towing that line, all right? But I think three meals a day is probably too many. I think <laughs> when we evolved, we basically messed up on that one. Well, right? who, like, eats, got to basically who actually keep gets eating? three meals a day in? Who me. has the Otherwise, time? Otherwise, I get very cranky. Me. Oh, me. I, I, become, I eat like oh, right, eight okay. meals a day. I, I become the stroppy boy. Yeah. But I don't want to think about um, buying food, making food, or eating food, or looking at food, or smelling food. You were describing all of life's most viscerally sensual pleasures, except for buying food, which is the best parts of life. I I think that the pleasures need to be contained to certain times during the day, not just extended willy-nilly, like, you know, you're not going to just, like, make up a meal like brunch or something, right? Like, you just keep it to maybe between the hours of, like, 6 p.m. and 6... 35 or so <laughs> But it takes you an hour to eat I can probably do it in 35 minutes actually If I <laughs> If, if I you knew pushed. that it was all going to be done and dusted Absolutely My goodness <laughs> This is So this is Soylent as in It is the Soylent no. company No Oh it's, it's a not. knockoff It's a knockoff Right Well that's good You're not giving money to that fucking guy Which makes what me happy What form is this in? Is it a drink? Is it solid? It's powder And then you Put that into a drink. Okay. So is the drink water or milk based? Water. But I'm sure you could put some milk in there. Jesus Christ. And I'd is this one of the ones where the forums for it are full of people being like, huh, that's weird. I've been shitting continuously for 19 hours. <laughs> um, I think this batch might be slightly weird. My stool is full so, of blood. Not so far. Not not for, for this one. That That's all. All of the mold and the... Um, you know, life-ending farts and uh, heavy metals. Uh, that's all associated with the Soylent Soylent, which is weird. Like, this is all stuff that, like, meal replacement shakes have all, all worked out, right? Mm. Like, they're just, um, I assume, tech bros who 
Uh, yeah, would you believe yeah, a, a software engineer is things. not a food scientist? Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, also, uh, for the record, you did two extremely audible farts in the five minutes before we started <laughs> recording the podcast. Ben, that is not true. He did three. <laughs> so maybe don't write off the fart problems with it just yet. Uh, just yet. Well, look, I assume that that onset is too quick because I, I literally finished it and then we started the podcast. So... Mm-hmm. Um, at least you have the sustenance required to deal with the um, never-ending onslaught of racial vilification that we're about wow. to dive into. That was hey, a good one. Nice, that was good. Yeah, well, you got to have your strength up for this shit because it's going to get wild, uh, folks. This week we had the maiden speech in the Senate of new, totally cooked and super insane Senator uh, Fraser Anning. Now he was elected. Um, well, he was pseudo-elected. First, we had um, absolutely wild-eyed goblin and sunburned friend of the show. The Red Malcolm, Skull. <laughs> the Red Skull, Malcolm <laughs> Roberts, um, who was, was you know, elected for One Nation, and he was like an absolutely wild climate denialist. And he, he was the one who was like constantly... Uh, trying to drag CSIRO scientists in front of like Senate estimates so he could go, uh, which way does the sun go around the planet? Or in fact, does the sun rotate around us? Just just absolutely wild, silly shit. And I think most um, importantly, he looks like one of the androids from Fallout 4 drank from the false grail. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. Um, super cooked, super cooked. And it turned out that he uh, was not actually eligible to be elected that whole time. He wound up getting Section 44 uh, out and through the process of then figuring out, um, you know, how the votes drip down, who gets elected uh, through preferences and stuff. It wound up being One Nation candidate Fraser Anning. Can Um, we, just for my own pleasure, call him Fraser Anning? Fraser Anning. And then we get to picture him... As Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer, yeah. Fra- Fra- Frasier Annie. Thank you. Um, yeah, and uh, now, if I am correct, I believe he received uh, 19, 19 votes. 19 votes. So, 19 people put his name on the thing and said, I specifically want this guy to win. But- so, as someone pointed out, not even his, like, uh, medium-distance family. <laughs> <laughs> It is also worth pointing out that generally with Senate voting, you vote for the party and yeah, One Nation above, got above the line. 9% of the votes in Queensland in the last Senate election, which is... Thanks, Queensland. Thanks, Queensland. Just absurd stuff. So, he he got in on that basis, extremely um, stumbling ass backwards into the role, and... He then got into uh, fights with One Nation leader Pauline Hanson about the company tax cut, I believe. Was it, was that what that was all about? No, it was Brian Burston that left because of Brian the Burston. tax yeah. I think, cuts, wasn't it? I think he just didn't like the whole... Well, by his account, um, he didn't like the deal he was getting with One Nation. Well, Whether that's by, po- politics or, you know, it's personal. By everybody's account who has been elected for One Nation and then immediately abandoned the party, which is everybody, um, 
they they don't like the totalitarian nature of the party, which is you have to do exactly what Pauline Hanson says at all times, or you can get the fuck out. And it's also a huge proven grift factory. Yeah, which is also super fun. So he he quit almost immediately after getting in, getting sworn in. Um, he was then like an independent for twelve minutes, and then he signed up to a wild-eyed, crazy man in a cowboy hat. Bob Catter's Australia Party, also known as KAP. The Cap. And finally, he got to have his maiden speech in Parliament this week. And boy, is everybody steamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because it turns out that it's actually kind of upsetting to have a senator in Australia in the year 2018. Uh, call for a return to the white Australia policy and claim that he wants a final solution to our immigration problem. Now, this is just me, uh-huh. but I reckon that's a very natural formation of words to use in a speech. You know, when I'm oh, talking about mm. having a problem, I always say, oh, I wish we had a final solution to the ants in the kitchen. Mm. That's the, the sort time. of language that I would use. Mm, we need to exterminate these ants. If only we could concentrate them all in one location. <laughs> now, I'm, look. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, I'm getting ready to upset everyone. I hope you're all prepared. Um, that's why I'm glad that Theo is full of Soylent, because the Australian media has been extremely fixated on the use of the term final solution uh, and his general calls to return to the white Australia policy. I made the mistake of reading the entire speech. Oh, it sucks top to bottom. Yep. And I have pulled um, all of the excerpts from it that I feel are particularly odious and extremely explicitly racist. Are you saying there's something worse than the final solution? (laughs) I, I think... I I think the way it's been portrayed... Well, I suppose what's interesting is that, like, there are right-wing commentators who have said, like, ah, oh, well, it was it was bad, but people are very deliberately sort of overblowing it. They're deliberately kind of, um, you know, the, there's commentators like Andrew Bolt saying, oh, you know, it was, it was bad, but people are making it sound worse than it actually is, or... Yeah, I mean, he just... You know, accidentally chose some bad words when what he meant to say, and he does with his speech, is that we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which is, you know, that's all above board, I think. Can I peel back the curtain for a little bit here? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Please do. It's one of your favourite things to do. Theo, did you Google what the 14 words were, or did you say that from memory? No, Just I absolutely had to Google what the 14 words were. All right, okay. Were. Just checking, because yeah. it was very natural and very professional it was. and terrifying. I believed it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, like I said, I kind of... I was struck by the fact that, that people seem to have pulled out this one particular thing. It's like, oh, he said this one thing, and it's and it's a very sort of... It's very unsubtle, coded speech to tell you what he really means. But when you read the speech, you get very, very clearly and explicitly what he means. So allow me to take you through some of the hits of Fraser Anning's maiden speech. I'll allow it. Senate. <laughs> uh, he opens with, on February 6, 1890, Sir Henry Parks said, quote, 
And in this country of Australia, with such ample space, with such inviting varieties of soil and climate, and with the people occupying that soil unequaled in nation-creating properties, what is there that should be impossible? We know the value of their British origin. We know that we represent a race for the purposes of settling new colonies which never had its equal on the face of the earth. Whoa, okay. The crimson thread of kinship runs through us all. That's the fucking start. The start of it is immediately him saying, ah, we all share racial identity and blood with the fucking British Empire conqueror kings. And it's fucking wild. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. The founding father of our federation knew it was not simply a bounteous land that makes a nation, but the common threads of inherited identity that unite its people. Uh-huh. It's, it's all extremely explicit race stuff. Like... Yeah, just... Uh, I, I'm just having a bit of a hard time remembering this. Uh-huh. Was, uh, was Australia empty when white people came here or there'd been a continuous civilization for mm. about 100,000 years? Um, I mean, it was declared terra nullius, so you must be wrong. You must be. Yeah, I I think I might have gotten. Yeah, yeah, probably wrong. wrong. Probably wrong. I mean, they they didn't call it some man's land. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, several several man's land. (laughs) He continues. Like most blokes from the bush forty years ago, I was a committed National Party supporter. I was always a Joe Bielke-Peterson man, and to this day, I regard the Joe era as Queensland's golden age. Now, for your reference, international listeners, uh, Ben, would you like to introduce the concept of Joe? He was a cunt, uh, but he was, I mean, obviously, he's a conservative politician, so he's already a shit, but he was also massively corrupt. He basically had the police force... uh, under his thumb and was using it for personal gain they were fucking wildly racist he also destroyed basically every heritage building in brisbane which is why it now kind of looks like shit it's just it's fucking weird for people to admire the man who was a criminal it's it's very much like it's kind of australia's i i feel like it's australia's political equivalent of like um you know, Nixon. somebody, yeah, somebody on the public stage saying, "Well, if there's anyone that I truly admire and is a big hero of mine, it's Richard Nixon. The way he did the Southern strategy, like it's it's just it's just such Kept a an com- eye on those Democrats. Yeah, it's, it's such a completely it's such a completely accepted thing in Australia that, like, like you said, Ben, it was just an absolutely corrupt and hugely racist regime that set the state now, back. 50 now you years. say accepted, but um. I'm not sure if you're looking from the same place that uh, Ben and I are uh, in yeah, southeast boy. Queensland. Mm. Let's not go any further north than that. <laughs> he continues. <laughs> he continues. It was only... <laughs> wait for this one. Brace yourself for this one, guys. <clears throat> it was only the fact that the National Party abandoned Joe's legacy and moved to the left 25 years ago that oh, led me to switch to One Nation. Oh. oh, Okay. Ah, that old left-wing national party. I hate when people go left and I have to become a white nationalist. (laughs) (laughs) I also, he says, uh, I also believe in the right of people to raise their kids in accordance with their own values without a bunch of nanny state meddlers and 
cultural Marxists trying uh, to re-engineer them. So again, people acting like um, people acting like uh, the final solution was the only nod to pretty much explicit Nazi language. Mm-hmm. Uh, they missed the several minutes of his speech, which is entirely dedicated to cultural Marxist conspiracy theories. He goes on. Oh, here's a here's another nice sentence for you. I believe that the unfettered ownership of private property and the right to own and use firearms, including for self-defense, are the God-given rights of free people everywhere. Cool. When God created the universe, he was like, oh, people need to be able to have guns. Yes. As my wife said, uh, if only there were some country that had tried this whole thing out that we could learn from. Well, uh, or, or possibly that he could fuck off to if he likes that kind of thing so much. Are you saying uh, if you don't love it, leave it? Absolutely. Uh, if Yes, I am saying if you don't love a country where people aren't constantly being <laughs> massacred with assault rifles, uh, then at the very least, stop talking to me about it. Mm. <clears throat> he goes on, 50 years ago, Australia was a cohesive, predominantly Anglo-Celtic nation. Oh, In the 1960s, both Liberal and Labour parties reflected a common framework of Judeo-Christian values supporting the family as the basic unit of society. They both supported the principle that marriage was a union between a man and a woman, and both parties recognised the sanctity of the lives of the unborn. Both major parties agreed that people should be free to live their own lives and say what they thought without fear of state sanction. Both parties recognise the importance of our predominantly European identity. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's oh. fucked up. Is it oh Anglo-Celtic to distinguish from Anglo-Saxon? Yeah, what's Anglo-Celtic? Is he saying, oh, it's mostly Scottish and Irish people, not English people? Is that what that is? Maybe. I don't know. It's just weird. It's a weird we're formulation. We're going to have to dive further into our right-wing insanity. So... This is about where we tip off the deep end. You th- you thought oh, it things was going, were... It was going well so far, I thought. Yeah, mm. yeah. You thought that it was uh, getting weird before. Uh, in 1973, when Whitlam and his hard-left cronies adopted Soviet-inspired UN treaties on discrimination and banned preferential selection of migrants based on their ethnicity... Yet the end of the pre-Whitlam consensus between the Labour and Liberal parties has been much more than a political sea change. It has yeah, allowed... you know that time that they all got together and uh, passed a whole bunch of laws and gave us Medicare and uh, stopped immigration from being so racist? You oh, know, what a nightmare. Those, those bad times. Well, I'll tell you what the problem with it is, according to Fraser. It has allowed the cultural conquest of our nation... A tectonic shift has occurred in which the previously agreed social and political order has been overthrown in an insidious silent revolution. To understand fully what has happened to our country, I believe that we must look to the work of the Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci. (sighs) Gramsci's insight was to see revolution in cultural rather than economic terms, with cultural hegemony as the key to supposed class dominance. The Marxist state, Gramsci argued, could be achieved by gradual cultural revolution, subverting society via a long march through the institutions. Yeah, it's a good thing this dude isn't spending, like, absolute minutes doing full-on just... just 
full-on anti-Semitic propaganda in here. Mm. The tactics of latter-day Gramsci-inspired radicals were used to disguise degeneracy as liberation and tyranny as compassion. <sighs> Free speech could be eliminated by appeal to not offending or saying things that were hurtful. This, of course, subtly creates a subjective test by which all criticism of the cultural Marxist agenda can be silenced. Oh my God. It is my understanding that Gramsci himself coined the term political correctness to describe obedience to the will of the Communist Party. What the fuck? What I'm is fucking he talking insane. about? <sighs> yeah, no, this is, this is just the full, the full white pride anti-Jew propaganda mm-hmm. about... Uh, these are the people who are secretly ruling our society through their insidious universities. He made clear that its final purpose was to force concurrence with those things which individuals knew to be false. If an individual could be induced to agree and state, state to others something which they knew to be utterly false, such as black being white, then the party had achieved total moral and ethical surrender in the subject. Thus, to describe the so-called safe schools and gender fluidity garbage being peddled in schools as cultural Marxism is not a throwaway line, but a literal truth. (sighs) Given that everyone knows there are only two genders, if you can be persuaded to agree to and advocate in support of the false claim that there are an infinite number of genders, then without realizing it, you have surrendered your political soul. Literally not true. Hmm. This guy's, um... A fucking fruitcake? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, let me let me just hit you with the end of this as far as the worst shit that I've dug out of this fucking 35 minute long speech. Ethnocultural diversity, which is known oh. to undermine social cohesion, has been allowed to rise to dangerous levels. In direct response, self-segregation, including white flight from poorer inner urban areas, has become the norm. So he's got white flight in there too. That's nice. And uh, ethnocultural diversity threatening our social cohesion. We as a nation are entitled to insist that those who are allowed to come here predominantly reflect the historic European Christian composition of Australian society. Fucking wow. Man, I just love these people that want like a monocultural society where you like walk into an eating district and every single shop just sells fucking bread. Everyone sells fish and chips. <laughs> I fucking... I oh, just... These people are perverse. It's absolutely fucking nuts. And of course, there was the whole thing after this of like... You know, we had um, Bob Catter, the leader of the party, basically insisting that he wouldn't have known what any of these terms meant. Because he's never read any history books, apparently. Because he uh, he didn't go to university, so he's never heard of the Holocaust before. So what's he pulling all these quotes out of? Yeah. Well, so there's um, (laughs) there's also the claims that, like, all of this was written by, you know, one particular staffer. Um apparently a recording has surfaced um, from earlier in the year of um, like some former One Nation staffers talking to him about this speech and saying oh yeah you need to um, you need to write something that's going to make people absolutely fucking flip out and put all the focus on you and then hold your nerve and refuse to apologise so um, that's pretty much exactly how it's played out I really don't know like this stuff fucking eats away at me because I don't know what 
the correct thing to do here is because this is clearly what they want but you also can't not talk about it Mm. you know you can't just ignore it because that would require every single living person to you know it's just fucking like I don't know what you're supposed to do about this sort of shit other than physically beat them up and then throw them in a river well, I mean, we we saw the usual parade of dipshittery in the last week or two about um, about white nationalist and stalker and violent dipshit uh, Blair Cottrell um, going on Sky News. And I don't I don't think we even talked about that, but basically, yeah, he he did an interview on Sky News with former NT Premier Adam Giles, um, who gave him lots of softballs about. Are the Australian left, in fact, too crazy? And, like, he finished the interview with a man who has, like, a very large body of screenshotted, like, Facebook and YouTube comments where he talks about wanting to get rid of the Jews. Uh, Adam Giles finished the interview by saying, well, good luck with it, mate. <laughs> Which is fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, but of course, after a whole lot of people said, what the fuck are you doing getting this guy on and giving him airtime, he is literally... A, a violent white supremacist um, and I, I don't think he attempts to hide that or you know make make any kind of claims to the contrary and yeah we, we still had the fucking parade of the normal stupid shit from people like Caleb Bond saying well you know you don't convince anybody by no platforming somebody oh. you have to air all these views and debate them and like that's again that's the entire point of that line of argument is to say oh well if you if you don't like this view then why don't you why don't you debate me about it why then don't it'll you be de- defeated in the marketplace of ideas marketplace which of has ideas never happened I, well, I think i feel like we maybe have spoken about it on the podcast before theo what's that fucking quote is it from sartre who is it that one about like the fucking uh anti-semites never actually meaning their fucking Oh, yeah, 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 where, where it's all sort of like all about just d- d- dancing up to the edge of something and if you actually push someone on it, they'll always kind of defer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, probably not Sartre and I'm probably a huge asshole for saying that, uh, but I sure wish I knew what it was, the thing that I was referencing. Well, while you're thinking about that, I mean, I think like, you know, it's it's hard to know what to do, right? But I think what not to do is what we do over and over and over again and that is immediately get him on 2GB to clarify his views. Yeah. Right? Like, because that's just... Whoever can be the loudest and most racist and most controversial and what have you, they're, they're just immediately um, congratulated for that. Oh, or immediately just th- a little treat in their mouth. This is what I call dipshit theory, where they oh, are... Oh, you uh, yourself. You motherfucker. <laughs> there are, call it, 10 million people in Australia who have perfectly good normal opinions. Maybe more, right? So if you're going to have a person representing that viewpoint on TV, they are going to have to be competent, skilled, charismatic, uh, with an existing body of work who have demonstrated that they are the person who should be arguing that point. But... If someone represents the dipshit opinion, 
it will be any fucking guy and they will just Anyone. put them on TV for any reason. Like, oh, well, we need someone to talk about why they're a Nazi. I guess we'll get this fucking guy who's a Nazi. Well, we've got a genius. Uh, <laughs> I suppose now we need a dipshit to balance things That's out. That's 100% like, no, just get it. two geniuses. Like, what the fuck? What is your problem? But, but, but we have to represent the dipshit opinion, so... C- can well, we touch on the 2GB? Th- oh, sorry, you go. Andrew. Oh, it's, gonna, it's, just, it's just the same as all the, the climate denial stuff where Australian media has been obsessed with this idea that in order to not be yelled at by the entire right-wing media spectrum as being unbalanced or biased or whatever, you must constantly give equal airtime to somebody who thinks the opposite of whatever's being talked about when it comes to like climate science. But that's you probably going to well have, for us, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's gone really great to any time that someone's talking about climate science, you have to have fucking Malcolm Roberts on your TV going, well, I I heard that burning coal actually produces diamonds and erases pollution. And it's like, if you're going to have three experts on, right, there's nothing wrong with having, if you roll the dice and all three of those experts say the same thing, right, which they do as far as these things go, right, there's no problem with that, right? That's the way that it should be done. If you if you want like if you want to put put bums on seats, if they all agree with each other, that's not that's not the end of the world, right? Like that's that's like how we form sane opinions. Like, well, hey, what do you think? What do you think? Like, if everyone comes up with this, with the same idea because they've because they have some fucking idea of what they're talking about, then. That's good. Like it's you got to hear yeah. both sides, though. You yeah. got to hear uh, Albert Einstein and uh, <laughs> some random fuckwit. Some you know? dipshit off the street. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think it's the same problem that has just pervaded both our media and our political class. Is just this absolutely constant fear of being yelled at for coming down too firmly on one side of an argument. But um. Even Look, when it's not an argument, it's like a factual statement. Yeah, yeah, basically. Mm. I tell you who's got firm opinions. It's, who? Um, who, Andrew? Not, not friend of the show, Bob Catter. <laughs> oh, hang on, sorry, sorry. Before we get to Bob Catter, I just want to mention on the two GB thing something that tickled me. So they had him on that. Um, I love and, it when you're tickled. Oh, <laughs> me too. Um, and uh, the interviewer asked um, if a if a Muslim person who was born in Australia... Oh, this sorry, this is... They were interviewing Frazier Anning Frasier after Anning. this speech. After this yeah. speech, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if, if there is a, a Muslim person who was born in Australia commits a crime, should they de- be deported? And he said, yes. And I yeah. believe the interviewer replied, where to? I just think out of total exasperation. How? How, that's right. That's... Mecca. <laughs> the, but the, the drug... Like, and, and again, this is... This is an entire fucking idiotic thing that has already played out in oh, Australian politics. For sure. We've already had this whole fucking thing of people saying, ah, well, we'll, re- you know, we'll revoke people's visas, we'll take away people's citizenship and deport them. And like every legal body in the country going, you can't. You can't. Like if somebody is born in this country, you cannot just revoke their citizenship and make them a problem of another country. It just and it's not doesn't like, work. And, and you know, shock upon shock, it's never it's never a New Zealander that this is thrown around unless they're being ironic about Russell mm. Crowe, right? Like it's never a it's never a pom. It's never an American. It's always a brown person. Oh, but it's not racist. 
But it's not racist. Islam's not a racist. It's not racist. But it's mm. that's, that's right. It's, not, uh, it, it's just all of the brown ones we want to leave. Also, it's uh, I just don't like non-European people, uh, <laughs> and I just, think just people like Anglo-Celtic, whatever the fuck that word means. Mm. Look, I'm not saying that I've got a little, um, uh, little, um, like collection of paint swabs um, labeled between just white and enough, all the way up to white, like down to. Uh, not wide enough, but do you I reckon it stops at Greek draw, and Italian? Yeah, I think maybe if we can draw a line, possibly somewhere between Greece and Turkey. <laughs> look, oh. we, we will allow. <laughs> we will allow. Look, we're we're an open multicultural society. We will let anyone in here, all the way from alabaster to mother of pearl. <laughs> we, wide open, wide open. But um, I thought I thought maybe we should hear from leader of the party. That Fraser Anning. I'm only calling him Fraser Anning from now on. Thank that you. Fraser Anning uh, is a member of the Catters Australia Party. Bob Catter. Now you might have thought that after being um, roundly condemned by every political and media member and institution in the country, that maybe Bob Catter would be like, "Ooh, this is a bad look," and that's where you'd be wrong. Uh, so. Here we have from an article. In a bizarre press conference on Wednesday, Mr. Catter told reporters he, quote, 1,000% supports Senator Anning's comments. In a bizarre defense of the senator, Mr. Catter said the Muslims in Australia were persecuting the Jews and said Australia had turned its back on them. Quote, before the war, Hitler wanted to get rid of 6 million Jews and no one would take them, including our country. We took a lousy little 15,000. The thrust is that the Jewish people in this country are to be protected. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. He then defended Senator Anning's use of final solution, saying he doesn't know what any of that means. Fraser would have had no idea what it meant. Uh, so, we do have a clip for you here from SBS News of basically the, the greatest hits of Bob Catter's press conference discussing this issue. So, please... Strap yourself in. Please strap yourself down to your table. <laughs> Here we go, folks. Are we racist? Well, we're Australians. I don't know if that's racist or not. But we're not apologising for it to anyone. It was a magnificent speech. It was solid gold. And you stumbled on a bit of a Mala problemism there. And, hey, he didn't go to university. So this place is really smart, right? But he hasn't read all the history books. He wouldn't know what any of this means. Um... Um, um, nor I think we'll be spending any time finding out. Get out of this country. You are not wanted here. Um, this country will belong to Allahu Akbar. Um, and as I say, God would be ashamed if his name was being used by these extremists. And there's a lot of good people coming out from those countries, but you know, we can't afford to take the risks anymore. Even your grandfather's Lebanese, how do you feel about No, he's not. He's an Australian. And I resent strongly you describing him as Lebanese, that is a racist comment, and you should take it back, and you should be ashamed of yourself for saying it in public. No. I just told you. We are Australians, <laughs> and we are absolutely... Yes, it is. Yes. yes, it is an answer to your question. And if it's not, then I feel sorry for you. <laughs> if it's not, then I feel sorry for you. What? I wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a book. I don't know where to start with any of this. I, I'm stuck on. God. You called my grandfather Lebanese, and that is offensive. And he was—he was born in Lebanon. Yeah. So, well, look, what does that make him Lebanese now? 
well, that which is racist. I think <laughs> is, oh, it, all right. So everything about that is fucking insane. But just for the listener at home, I really cannot convey to you how much he is licking his lips the entirety that he's delivering this thing. Every 10 seconds, his tongue makes a full exit from his mouth, does a full circuit oh of his upper and lower lips, comes back in before he starts talking again. He looks like a bulldog with facial psoriasis. Now, <laughs> now folks, listeners of the show, you you might remember from however long ago there was a clip doing the rounds of Bob Catter talking about the marriage equality debate that was happening. Um, in which he was rambling, rambling about like you know who wants to marry who or whatever, um, and then in an instant his face turned stormy. He said, "But I'm not going to waste any time on it because every 12 minutes an alligator is eating a crocodile's <laughs> eating 45 people in far north Queensland," and like it was, it was just the most sort of uh, like. I'm trying try to think of a way to describe it. Fucking it's, insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say it, it was. It looked extremely uh, like the the stereotype of a schizophrenic or bipolar yeah, person, or like flashing a, from mood switch. to mood. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like a switch was thrown, and obviously, I don't mean to demonize anybody's mental illness. I just can't think of a better way to describe it than those stereotypes. Uh, and if you watch this video. He is flying all over the place between, yeah, yeah looking like, uh, looking happy and smug and self-congratulatory and furious and scared and confused. Mm. He legit looks like just a senile old dude at times who's not quite sure what conversation is happening anymore. It's, it's just for a little bit of background for overseas listeners, perhaps. This man who seems demonstrably insane has held his seat continuously for like over 30 years hmm. oh cool well he's uh he's 73 jesus christ which is which is like in the donald trump ballpark yeah of, he looks about of, 95 <clears throat> yeah you know like you know how the whole thing with with donald trump is when when you're like just listening to him rambling and shit and you're like oh that's right you're like in your 70s which is well into the age that you could just be suffering. Literally from going insane, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's absolutely the age that by which that has already started to happen to people. Um, and yeah, he's, he he looks. I, I I believe we described it before we started recording us. He just looks fucking barking mad. He is rabid. He's absolutely. That's terrifying. Out of the street. One one thing he didn't touch on, or like or that that clip didn't touch on. There was one in there that was like, you know, it doesn't take a genius. Sorry, it doesn't take Albert Einstein. He says uh, to see that you know um, what he was saying, you know, was not not wrong or whatever. And so, you know, someone pointed out, you know, Albert, Albert Einstein, of course, Germany, <laughs> Jewish, during World War Two. Uh, the other thing that that he says is uh, in there is that we are being swarmed, right? We're being taken mm. over um, by, by Muslims, um, which is insane. So um, Queensland has the lowest population of, of Muslims in, in Australia, surprise, surprise, of like less than 1%. Really? Right? Like even lower than like the NT. Um, maybe maybe the list I was looking up 
didn't count the NT as a as a state. Oh yeah, no, that would make as sense a, as a real place. <laughs> well, it's it's not a yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there are less than ninety thousand Jews in Australia, so I can't imagine. Is he picturing some sort of world where the less than one percent of um, of like Muslims in Queensland and less than half a percent of Jewish people are just like f- managing to find each other and and like have this racial war that That's nobody's what I was wondering. aware How are the of? Muslims? How are the Muslims identifying? Well, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, it's all it's all horse shit. But like, what what is when was the last person? Do you think that he actually came came into contact with an actual like Muslim, like in 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 North Queensland? North, oh well, he's uh, he's still yet to come into contact with a gay person because he hasn't walked backwards to Burke from Burke. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which one it was, but he did say that that's what he would do if there was ever a homosexual in his electorate. Wow, Whew. goodness! And his electorate and- is massive. Uh, geographically huge, speaking, huge, wow. absolutely huge. But but of course, like the there is no such thing as terrorism in in Queensland, right? The terrorism mm. comes from farmers, like you know, kill, killing their family with with their weapons, or with um, people like I remember, like in in Mackay, the kind of things that I was aware of was like occasionally a, um, a man would like shoot, um, would threaten to shoot a um, LMP gas bottle um like which just shuts down a couple of blocks that's it like there is no concept of terrorism in in queensland right like what what is he talking about except when the uh bloody blues win am i right well (laughs) now the language of uh being swarmed by muslims of course might sound a little familiar to to connoisseurs of australian politics because Someone who, who we know abhors racism in all its forms. Pauline Hanson apparently found all of this a little too on the nose. And you know that when Pauline Hanson is like, wow, that sounded really racist, dude. That um, oh boy. you've gone a little overboard. And it's definitely not just because she has a personal beef with the guy that yeah, jumped out of her party. Absolutely yeah. not. Yet again. Abandoned yet again. Uh, so from this article... Um, Pauline Hanson has disowned Senator Fraser Anning, who was elected on her One Nation ticket (laughs) and named an advisor in his office as the probable source of his racially inflammatory comments. During a Senate debate on Labor's motion to reaffirm Australia's commitment to non-discrimination on Wednesday, the One Nation leader said she was, quote, appalled by Anning's comments, adding that the speech was, quote, straight from Goebbels' handbook from Nazi Germany. Hanson, who called for a ban on immigration in her first speech to the Senate in 2016 and warned Australia was in danger of being swamped by Muslims, said that she was offended by comparisons between Anning and herself. Because you may have your grievances with what Fraser Anning has said, don't don't direct them at me. It's got nothing to do with me. That's good, Andrew. Said. That's good. It's like Thank you. being in the room with her. <laughs> Hanson supported the motion and said Anning's speech did not reflect One Nation policy. Hanson suggested that Anning did not write the speech, claiming it was written by an advisor named Richard Howard, who she said had previously worked as a military propaganda specialist before a stint as a One Nation staffer. (laughs) I love the, like, the... the, the, uh they're like, oh, yeah, no, we know where all the racism came from. Uh, (laughs) Because we employed him. Because he worked for us. Um... She said that Howard had worked for the office of former One Nation Senator Malcolm Roberts. 
David Leinhelm confirmed that Howard also worked for him for, quote, a few months during sitting periods before working for Anning. He told Guardian Australia that Howard, quote, isn't a racist as far as I know, but loves winding up the professional outrage industry even more than I do. Which kind of begs the question... Well, it's not even really a question, it's more of just a statement that if, um... If your whole lot in life is just to, I don't know, think it's cool to try to spend your professional life just making people mad. While being indistinguishable from actual racism. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, line help to me at this point is, I'm, I'm sure we're all on the same page. The dude is literally just a, a fucking Reddit troll who, yeah. who is elected to the Senate. Like, adult Reddit man. Very much, very much. And, yeah, like, like I don't... It's, it's, very, it's very strange to me to, like, simultaneously pretend like you really take issue with, you know, people... You know, the, oh, the professional grievance brigade, people who get offended by everything, yet also spend a whole bunch of your time like deliberately setting out to be a huge yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, I'm really fucking angry at these people that are outraged at me just because I deliberately do stuff to outrage them. Yeah. Good work, fucking genius. Well, I mean, it's a, it's the same as all that alt-right shit of like constantly like constantly trying to devise ways to say stuff that alludes to outright racism and nazism and anti-semitism and stuff yeah, putting 88 and stuff and then being like lol i was Ooh. trolling oh yeah being like, like oh the fucking it's the white power gesture and then like three months later being like oh why are you saying we support white power just because we're doing this thing that we said means white power mm. yeah yeah exactly how dare you willfully misinterpret the the definition of this thing that we gave to you <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. Mm. Um, we also had Senator um, and renowned pedophile hunter Darren Hinch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pedophile hunter. He's like the crocodile hunter. Should give him a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely should. You standing knee deep in water. All right. What we've got over here on the beach. <laughs> I'm going to name and shame 10 pedophiles. <laughs> now, now, just to clarify, he is not a hunter who is a pedophile. <laughs> yes. No, yes. Oh boy. <laughs> that would be a much more right, confronting yeah. TV Pedophile show, Hunter yeah. is the US version of the TV show. Uh, it is. It's dark. It's real dark. <laughs> it's very dark. But uh, but yeah, one of the things that kind of struck people about this whole event was that this guy gave this uh, rambling 35-minute long uh, just diatribe filled with hate speech and anti-Semitic conspiracy theory and calls for a return to Australia's extremely backward white Australia immigration policy and outright Nazi rhetoric. And then when he was done, um, all of the national and liberal senators in the chamber all went over to him and shook his hand and patted him on the back and said, great speech. Um, I was pleased to see that no Green or Labor senators shook his hand. Oh, well, the nice. Greens wouldn't be seen within a 10-mile radius of the sky. No. Point being, though... I mean, the chamber is very small. They're probably going to be within, like, a, a quarter mile of him pretty is often. That, is that how small it is? It's pretty small. I was thinking, like, a, at least, like, a cricket field size. But oh, you should come down, down here. You reckon that's 10 miles? 
<laughs> Sorry for disrupting the flow of the podcast. Well, anyway, that needlessly yeah. pedantic thing. Anyway, so every, you know, a bunch of the independents as well got up and went over and shook his hand, shit, and a whole bunch of people were like, "Hey, uh, what the fuck is up with that? Why would you go over and congratulate a dude for saying what is pretty much definitely the most vile thing?" that has been uh, vomited out on the floor of the Senate or Parliament House in decades. Um, So, you know, Darren Hinch did that, and then after 24 hours of getting yelled at, he suddenly decided that he didn't mean to. Um, Here from another article, we have a crossbench senator, Darren Hinch, was sitting in the upper house listening to the speech and said it was excruciating. Quote, it was Pauline Hanson on steroids, he told the ABC's AM program. There was hardly a group of Australians he did not offend unless you were close to being a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, boy. He later told the Senate he deeply regretted shaking Senator Annan's hand after he gave (laughs) the speech last night. He said he followed protocol, quote, and shook this unworthy man's hand, then I went home and washed my own. Yeah, that is... It's worth noting that it's a weird fucking Senate tradition that after people give their maiden speech, they basically do the rounds of the Senate and shake everyone's hands as a fucking thing. Yeah, but also, fuck that. Oh, no, I'm not saying it as a justification. I'm just saying it's not like he, like... It sounds like he would have shook his hand. That's all I'm saying. It's not like he fucking, like, was in a trance and just walked over there and shook his hand after the speech for no reason. Like, you know. Well, it begs begs one of two questions, or or I think there are two possibilities, which is either that, that people in politics are so, so under the fucking hold of these ideas of of tradition and fucking you know putting on all the posture and it's all just theater and everything that they would go along with that although it does beg the question isn't it strange that anyone you know remotely center left and further over to the left was like fuck this guy um also you know it also bears mentioning that like uh, the government needs as many crossbench votes as it can get mm. to try and get its mm-hmm. things through the Senate. Isn't it very odd that they didn't, in the immediate aftermath of this, just say, fuck this guy? Um, but yeah, it, it means that people are either so so under the sway of the idea of all these traditions, um, or they're just not really listening. I mean, that's it's definitely a combination very of possible. all of those things. Yep. Uh, and then we had a big, big motion from both parties to say we condemn racism and we're an ultra, um, we're an ultra multicultural, Ugh. welcoming country. And they patted themselves on the back for it, uh, presumably just before and after you know the the government's been out there trying to stoke fear about all the 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 black African Sudanese crime gangs terrorizing the country. Uh, and also um, putting asylum seekers into uh, offshore detention camps. Yeah, that, like this is this is definitely a fucking ice cold take now that I'm sure that everyone listening is well aware of. But like the difference between the racism of what Fraser Anning said and what fucking Dunton and Turnbull and everyone is fucking churning out every goddamn week is that he referenced the Holocaust and he referenced the white Australia policy. Uh, otherwise, well, just all of his positions stated. It. Yeah, it's exactly the same. He said the quiet part loud, and that's the fucking difference. His policies that he espoused are exactly what these fucking people want. They're exactly what they're pushing for. Like, the, the Liberal Party is basically campaigning with their big point being African gang crime. Like, yeah. 
and you know African gang crime reducing Muslim migration like, yeah all this sort of shit this sort of shit is such a mainstream idea and when someone like uh, Cottrell or fucking this fucking guy do it in a way that's slightly too rude for them they get to jerk themselves off doing these like hour-long self-congratulatory speeches in the Senate about oh you know we're multicultural and we don't support racism while just institutionalizing racism on every level they can and trying to leverage other people's racism for political gain. It's so fucking craven and obvious and shit. Well, I was watching a video of, of the Prime Minister giving his response in um, in Parliament and, to, you know, talking about, oh, we all agree that there's no place for racism in this country. And the whole time he's giving this speech, I'm watching the fucking face of ridiculous... F- fucking rubber-headed dipshit potato man Queensland pig racist cop Peter Dutton sitting right behind him mm. just kind of going oh that doesn't sound right the whole fucking way through and like the idea that you've got this guy who was essentially just your fucking weaponized racist Gestapo that's in charge of all immigration in the country sitting there yeah. right behind you as you try and act like it's not a it's not a, the whole basis of your immigration policies and your politics and just the constant fucking dog whistles going on to the entire country, having that cunt sit right behind you as you try and act like we're all above this shit. is fucking disgusting. So, Ben, that may be a, luke, a lukewarm or even ice-cold take by this point, but we can all agree that the hottest take... Came from a friend of the show, Andrew Bolt. You were just on fire with your transitions today. These yeah, are, thank these are you. wonderful. Segways, man. Thank you. I'm trying to keep them moving along at a nice pace, you know. Uh, Andrew Bolt came in hard with the fucking galaxy brain take, folks. Look, a lot of journalists, they patted politicians on the back for the united condemnation of this racist act. But one man stood up. One man stood up. He was brave enough to ask the real questions, the hard questions. And on Andrew Bolt's blog, he wrote a piece. And the headline said, <laughs> fi- <laughs> fi- Final solution was bad, but so is climate denier. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the, little, the, little, uh, the little lead from it says, Fraser Anning used the phrase, final solution, and has outraged dozens of politicians from Labour and the Greens because of the link to the Holocaust. Will Labour and the Greens now express similar outrage at the, fla- at the phrase climate deniers, given its deliberate link to Holocaust deniers? What? Yep, I'm glad someone's here to ask the, the big questions. Pardon? What? Yep, he, he is seriously suggesting that when people are called climate deniers... Climate change like denies. calling someone a Holocaust that denier. That is very deliberately likening someone to a Holocaust denier and trying to tar them with the same brush or say that holding that position is just as bad as denying the Holocaust. I mean, even well, if I haven't we- been doing that up, up until now, but I'm going to start. <laughs> like, even if we entertain this, right? If we say, sure, that the that the the choice of the word that the choice <laughs> the choice of the words climate denial is meant to be evocative of Holocaust denial instead of just an ordinary use of the word denial. Well, well, he goes on to quote. He quotes two fucking professors in his article as like, 
uh, see, he's more of these extremist uh, professors, he calls them. And one of them explains, they were like, oh, well, yeah, like, uh, generally, if you were to call someone like a a climate change skeptic, that kind of implies that they have doubt about something, as opposed to, we use the phrase denial to refer to someone who is just absolutely refusing to look at any and all evidence that is in front of them. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, and and therefore, I think it is appropriate in this circumstance. Well, I mean, like, so, sure. Let's, let's fucking take Bolt as being correct here. It's being used with a negative connotation. Like, people are like, the Holocaust, bad. Climate change, also bad. This guy fucking favorably referred to a final solution? Like, there's no yeah. parallel to be drawn here. This man, like, he cannot possibly see... Like, if he was to concede wholeheartedly that the speech was bad, that would be a chink in the armour of conservatism. He has to be like, oh, well, sure. I mean, killing six million Jews, not great. But some people have been pretty rude to some conservatives that are getting paid by the oil industry to lie about the fact that we're destroying the planet. Well, you may note there that he is conveniently... Um, he's conveniently left out, say, the entire other half of the political spectrum that condemned this speech. Yeah, that where is he says, quite it's weird, outraged actually. dozens mm. of politicians from Labour and the Greens. Will Labour and the Greens express similar outrage? Mm. Was like, yeah, what about um, the, yeah, the entire fucking Liberal and National parties that also said, whoa, dude, too much, too much. So there you go, folks. What an absolute dog shit week. In Australian mm. politics, the uh, the Australian racism index all time high. Yeah, setting stuff. Every time you kind of think oh, this is probably about as bad as it's going to get anytime soon. Nope. Cool. It's not it. Great week. Feeling good. There's a. Oh God! I wish I could think of the specific articles, but uh, Guardian writer Jason Wilson and Monthly writer Richard Cook have been writing some really good pieces about how. Australia, Australia's right wing is mainstreaming far right talking points a lot at the moment. Mm. Uh, and it's the fucking, the Overton window is in a very grim place at the moment. Mm. Like uh, fucking cultural Marxism is like a fucking super normal talking point for Liberal Party politicians now. And it's a fucking insane, bonkers, anti-Semitic thing that's like, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking... We're in a pretty shit weird time at the moment. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I agree. Like, it's... Again, it's something that you can hear, like, people who are very long-term established senior members of the of the Liberal Party, the Liberal National Party, using on a very regular basis. Um, it's something that you hear, like, Peter Dutton and Eric Abetz referring to all the time. Julie Bishop, constantly. Yeah, and... And it it's a perfect example of what happens when people aren't shouted down really fucking hard for trying to introduce this stuff. Coming back to what we were saying about, like, you know, Caleb Bond going, well, why don't we argue these things in public? And the point is that if you, like, I don't know why this is so fucking hard to understand. The point is that if you get up on a national stage and say, 
let's debate this as though both of these ideas have equal merit, you are legitimizing them. You're saying this is a normal way to talk about a normal thing. And it's fucking not. Ben, do you have a crime pass for us? Uh, yeah, you can key Fraser Anning's car. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, I figure if, yeah, if all of the listeners of the show key his car. You'll probably destroy his car. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, folks. Find his car. Take your bloody keys to Just it. Just fucking key the shit out of it. Oh. Key the windows if you can. If you can do it hard enough that the windows break. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Just throw a brick through his window. That's the crime pass. Yeah. Brick through Senator Fraser Anning's window. Ideally, he won't be in the car. Like, don't hit him with the brick. Um, we... we if you, look, come on. We, oh, show, show the cops a crime. Show the cops a crime pass. Show the cops a crime pass. Yeah. See what they say. See what they say. Uh, so that'll do it for this week, folks. As always, you can find an extra episode every week over on Patreon by subscribing for only five American dollars a month. That is patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Uh, you can get merchandise if you're into things like stubby coolers and shirts and all that kind of shit over on buntavista.com forward slash merchandise. Uh, so, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. We're sorry it's been depressing, but that's the hellscape that we're in. Hey. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Theo's just happy that he's got his Aussie Lint. Terrible name. Terrible yeah, name. that fucking Bad sucks. Name. Terrible name. They should have Jeez called it... Low. Oilent. Oh, that's fuck. Perfect. Damn. That's a good God one. damn. That's a good one. That's way better. I'm going to email So it. much better. Ozzyland's just a shit name. Until next week, folks. See you then. Anybody else going to say bye? Uh, no, uh, I don't think I am this bye. week. <laughs> My art speaks for itself. You know what? It's like the Beatles <laughs> said. You say goodbye. I sit there in stony silence. <laughs> oh, I set you guys up, and you stare at them instead of knocking them down. <laughs> it's way funnier that way. <laughs> <laughs>